Hello and welcome to a, another episode of the Friends Indeed podcast. I'm Rabbi Joshua Levine Grader. So glad you're uh, with us today. So Friends Indeed uh, is an interfaith organization. We're here in Pasadena, California, and we provide uh, critical need services to help our uh, homeless and at-risk neighbors to rebuild their lives. And we support them in everything we do with compassion, connection, and dignity. And uh, we're so grateful that we're able uh, to be uh, on the streets and be in the community trying to uh, bring as much alleviation of suffering and as much opportunity for uh, health and uh, wellness, housing, food, community, connection, support, uh, financial assistance, and all the things that we're able uh, to provide through our uh, many programs. So today, we're going to have a conversation with one of our staff members, uh, Najwa, who I'm really honored and glad that she's agreed to come on and to share um, some of her story. And here's why I asked her to do this. So Najwa's a part of our outreach team, housing navigator, and uh, she has really been incredibly successful in her work reaching people. And when we started this program a couple of years back, the folks who uh, encouraged us to do this and who, who taught me uh, the best practices for a program like this, uh, street outreach, is that it would be critical to success to have someone with lived experience. So what does that mean? That if you're going to go on the street and try and connect with people who uh, have had uh, incredibly difficult uh, challenges, poverty, homelessness, perhaps other incredible traumas, that it helps in building the trust and in building the relationships if the person doing that has some notion of what the person on the street is going through. And in thinking about that, when I first started, I, I am someone who has always paid attention to those uh, folks on the margins, has always had an eye out for people on the streets, have, when I lived in New York City to when I uh, live here uh, in Pasadena and Los Angeles, um, always trying to make connections and be someone who stops and says hello and reaches out, and I encourage other people uh, to do that. But I know that I would not be a very successful outreach person in many ways because I have no lived experience. I've never been homeless. I've never been hungry. I have never uh, lived in poverty. I've never been at risk of losing a home. I've never for the most part, ever been unemployed. I've never been incarcerated. 
And so I could be a nice person and show caring and compassion and love, but I can't sit down on the curb with someone and say, hey, I know where you've been. I've been there. And let me tell you how I got out of there. And that was amazing uh, advice that I was given in hiring uh, folks uh, for this particular job. And so our outreach team, uh, their role is to be on the streets every day and to try and build relationships, to try and connect with people. At first, just to build the trust, get to know them, do that through offering some supplies or some food or necessary clothing, blankets, other things that might uh, be uh, needed in the immediate. But that's ultimately as a way of building relationship. And there's often resistance. Folks who have been on the street a long time have a lot of resistance, a lot of fear warranted and uh, certainly uh, um, understandable. All the trauma they may have faced, the uh, immense pain, suffering that uh, folks go through when you uh, don't have shelter. And so Najwa is one of those people who has lived experience. And she's going to come on and she's going to talk about that experience. And I'm going to ask her some questions. But I really think it's important that we hear from someone who was in the place where a lot of the folks that she meets on the street tries to talk to, engage with, and hopefully perhaps be able to get off the street. And she has been incredibly successful in her role here at Friends Indeed. So I want to talk also about how she does that and how uh, she thinks uh, that success comes about and in what ways does uh, her lived experience inform how it is that she does this work. So when we come back, we will talk with Najwa Payton-Jones, our outreach specialist and housing navigator. Really excited uh, to welcome her and have this conversation. So I'm Rabbi Joshua Levine Grader. You're listening to the Friends Indeed podcast. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Friends Indeed is honored to be supported by the Rose Hills Foundation. Founded in 1996, the Rose Hills Foundation is a responsive grant maker that supports a broad range of nonprofit organizations serving the people of Southern California in key areas of need, including education, social services, health, arts and culture, civic and community engagement, and recreation. We are so grateful for the ongoing support of the Rose Hills Foundation and just want to say thank you so very much. Welcome back. 
So we're going to welcome Najwa to the show now and uh, get to hear uh, her story and uh, learn a little bit uh, more about her. So I'm uh, really grateful that uh, she's joining us. Najwa, thank you so much and welcome to the program. I'm hoping you can just start uh, and telling us about yourself, about your background, perhaps your childhood, how you were raised, and um, get the conversation uh, started there. We're so glad uh, to have you. Okay, so I didn't come from a traditional upbringing with a mother and a father um, situation. So I kind of grew up in a household with just my grandmother and four siblings, and we... um, our mother was a drug addict, and she spent most of her time in prison. So I was raised by my grandmother, and then once my grandmother got old enough to, I mean, got in her older age, she could no longer take care of us anymore, so we were put in foster care. And during that time in foster care, I experienced sexual abuse as well as, well, a lot of sexual abuse um, in the foster home, so therefore I was... I put out the foster home and spent years going from foster home to foster home. I think in one year, I can say that I went to 14 different foster homes and group homes during that time. And so doing that, I just never found a place of belonging. I um, start in the early part of year 2000, I start um, abusing drugs and um, start using drugs, start... And that took me to being homeless. That took me to all sorts of dark places, um, the drug abuse. Um, Skid Row, downtown Los Angeles. Um, and from there, it just, I didn't see no hope. Wow. Well, that is, uh, first of all, that you're willing to share that uh, is really moving. Um, and for what it's worth, I'm really sorry that that was your experience. Um, but to share with people that to see you now, no one, at least I wouldn't know that that was your experience. So now you've, how do you get from being abusing drugs, being homeless on the street? What's the path that brings you here to being a successful housing navigator here at at Friends Indeed? So back in 2012, um, early part of 2012, well, I think it was middle part of 2012, um, I got to my lowest point. And my lowest point was I was on drugs. I looked in the mirror one day and I seen that I had lost all of this weight and I I was going downhill real fast. So... I uh, decided that I didn't want to live no more, and I went to um, to the metro station, train station, and it was um, a stop over by in the Los Angeles area, La Brea and Exposition, and I went there, and I decided that I was going to kill myself, that I was going to jump off the bridge because I didn't see no way out of this dark space that I was in, in my drug addiction and I, homelessness, and I decided that... The next train that come about, I was going to jump in front of it. I went as far as to getting over the railing. But for some reason, the train, usually train passes like every 20 minutes or so. For some reason, a train would not pass. And I could remember looking up saying, God, if you get me out of this, 
if you get me out of this the way I'm feeling and just get me out of this, that I swear I will never go back again. And maybe about 10 minutes later, I received a phone call, and it was a friend of mine who, well, so-called friend, <laughs> dragon buddy, um, who told me that they had some 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 drugs, and if I would like to would like to have them to pick me up. And I was like, yeah. And I know that that might sound strange, but I still think that that was God's way of getting her out of this situation, whatever it takes. And that's what it took because I got down. I met the person at the station that I was at. I went with them and I started to try to get high. I say try to get high because for some reason, Using the drugs with this person, I cannot get high. Because what was going through my mind was, God, if you get me out of this, I won't go back. And about that time, I remember a drug rehab down in Los Angeles, Central City Recovery, in Skid Row, downtown Los Angeles. And I remember them. I looked them up on my phone, and I called them. And they told me, if I be there tomorrow morning that they'll take me in. And that was back in 2012, actually December the 12th, 2012. And I went there, and I remember that say, I remember doing the whole program once I was admitted uh, into the program. I remember every time thinking about how I felt on that bridge. And I did six months into that rehab, graduated, went to transitional living, stayed there for eight months, and I got my first apartment ever. And um, from there, I decided to go to college. I graduated from college (laughs) in 2016. And I went to school for medical office assistant (laughs) because I wanted to be, I wanted to work in a medical clinic. They didn't tell you, though, in college, when you graduate, you just can't go into medical. (laughs) You can't go into medical field. You need to, you got to do an internship. So I was not having any luck in finding a medical office that would take me because I didn't have no experience in working in a medical office. So the director of the rehab that I had graduated from, out the blue, she told me that she had an outpatient drug program. And she prayed, and my name came about for the job as being an outreach specialist for this drug rehab. And I was like, oh, that's the last thing. I wanted to work in a medical clinic. <laughs> I don't want to work in no drug. But I wanted a job, so I got a job, and that was downtown on Skid Row. So obviously there's a lot of homeless down there, and my job was to work with the homeless and to um, help them get it off the, um, get into a drug rehab outpatient. And once they finished the outpatient, it was a housing um, opponent attached to it. So if they completed our outpatient program, they'll be able to get into housing. And so I was going out to different programs, to even uh, to the federal probation office in Inglewood, recruiting people and managed to help house a lot of people. I know you did some other things, you know, before uh, you came to Friends Indeed, but something that I said uh, on the front end of this show uh, was, you know, that people, uh, when we started this outreach program, uh, it would be important uh, to the success if we have someone with lived experience. So now you just shared incredibly personal stuff about your lived experience. So can you talk about why that is so critical 
to your success because you're having a lot of success. But what what does that uh, uh, give you that uh, helps the people uh, to to trust you? My thing is I'm working with me. I'm working with me. The people that's on the streets are me. I'm working with me. What better way to get somebody, to talk to somebody? I needed to figure out what would have worked for me if I was in that situation. What would it take for me if somebody approached me to get me out of my situations back then? And that's how I look at it. I'm working with me. Every time I see somebody on the street, you know what? I can self-disclose being with friends indeed about my personal experience. And I know I look all put together. <laughs> I, I, when I come to work, I look all put together. But I like to sh- tell people, show people experience, strength, and hope through my experience and tell them where I've been, tell them how I was homeless, how I was on the streets. Don't let this fool you the way I look now because I was exactly there where you're at now. I'm sincere. I'm genuine. And they know. People know when you actually being genuine. They know when you actually telling the truth. They know that you're not trying to blow smoke on, you know, up on them. They know that. I mean, people actually know that. And by me being, and not only knowing that, I actually feel it. I mean, I feel for them because that's me. That's me. And um, and it works because I can gain a trust, their rapport, and. And they know that I'm very sincere about it. I mean, I always tell you, Josh, friends indeed pay me, but I work for the people. <laughs> I work for the people. I know. I know. So uh, would you mind uh, sharing, you know, at Friends Indeed, we love to, to make sure we talk about the people. So you have a, a person that you want to share about uh, that, that you worked with? And I don't want to get in no tears, but... This person um, was on the streets homeless for 18 years. And I remember when I first started working here, seeing this person on the bus bench. And I used to go out with another agency, and we used to, when I first started working here, and we used to pass out lunches. And she would refuse lunches from them. She wouldn't talk to them. So once we st- I stopped going out with this agency, and then our agency started going out, visited it with, we would still see her. And my partner at the time, she would refuse service from him, too. She didn't want nothing to do with none of us. She didn't want to. But something happened. Something happened with her. And I was able to actually go and speak to her and, and talk to her and share a bit of my, my experience with her. And she was willing to go into a motel. After 18 years of being on the street, she was willing to go into a motel. I visited with her. I seen a difference in her appearance, I, the difference. She spoke to me. She trusted me. And, oh, my God, to this day. And um, she went into housing. And for a person to be there for 18 years and you be the one that they trust to lead you, to lead them into housing is amazing. It's amazing. So that touched my spirit. That's always going to touch me. I mean, I love her to this day. She's doing great. She done made it herself. Totally different person. Looks different. Feels different. Speaks different. (laughs) And that is so amazing. I'm so amazing. So last thing I wanted to to ask you is, um, you know, as as someone who who has that experience, and went through such uh, such trauma. Um, one could imagine that 
this would not be an area that you'd want to work in because uh, of of reminding you and perhaps moving, you know, out to something, you know, totally different. And so, you know, Najwa, why do you do this? Why were you, uh, and I know you said how you do it, which is how you, how, you know, get people to see, you know, what would it work for me to do this? But, you know, you're a a deeply spiritual person. I know that about you. And uh, so there's a difference between how you do it and the why you do it. So let's let's end on on the why. I'm doing God's work. That's the why I'm doing it. I was put here to do this because of all the mistakes I made in the past, all of my shortcomings in the past. This is what I was made to do. This is what I got a passion to do and I think this is what God when they say God has a plan for you, this is his plan for me is to do this and to help the other people. Not only does it help other people, but it helps me too. It helps me spiritually, it helps me emotionally. It helps me knowing that I'm able to give back something to to other people. And that's why I do it. That and, and that's the truth. That's, Najwa, I'm I'm so moved and touched and so grateful to you for for being willing to to share uh, uh, with folks. Um, and you know, it's I, I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to to what uh, what moved inside of you in that uh, 2012, um, and that um, and that. Just to say, proud of you. You know that that you you are uh, amazing success, uh, not just here, but I know in your life, and I know when you're not here, you're helping other people. You know, you're always helping people, and um, and 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 that's uh, truly uh, truly remarkable and inspiring. So, thank you for uh, for joining. Thank you for having me. All right. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Friends Indeed podcast. So glad that you joined us. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can visit our website, friendsindeedpas.org. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Our handle is at friendsindeedpas. So uh, tag us, uh, share with friends and family. We uh, love to get our message out there. I'm Rabbi Joshua Levine Grader, and we will see you next time.